You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch, you have asbestos in your fur. You have fascism in your smile. You have dried up old people elbows. Oh, you have the wavy grandma arms on your knees. You have scabies on your cheeks. If I had to choose between you and the flatulent rhinoceros, I'd pick the flatulent rhinoceros. You, sir, are a quadruple decker blue cheese and brussels sprout sandwich oh oh i'm turning turning my stomach on that one oh i'm sure there's someone out there like why are you guys saying that that's delicious oh i was gonna say why are they just singing the song word for word (laughs) (laughs) that's not the song you guys what nah nah i'm pretty sure that's how it goes Copyright, copyright, copyright. Yeah, TM, TM, TM. No, that's uh, definitely not the words. What are the words then? I'm waiting for the joke. There, there's not been a punchline yet. You're supposed to be something funny. What's the funny part? Um, waka waka. She's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And we're, and we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. That has got to be the weakest opening. I blame. I blame you. Don't blame me. I blame you. Hey, guys. Are you guys having a good Christmas? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There's only one this year. Oh, gosh. (laughs) We know. We know that people say you start Christmas too early. It loses some of the joy. We have found that if we don't start Christmas early enough, we roll right past it. Yeah, uh, last year, I didn't actually celebrate it until, like, the first full week of Christmas. And and it was like, oh, hey, let's get into Christmas. And it's already December 30th. What? What the hell happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And us crazy Catholics are like, yay, December 25th. Christmas can finally start. And everyone's like, we're done. Oh, we can't keep, we can't keep this going? No. No, no, okay. And theme. I want to keep the Christmas. I want to keep the tree up till February. I'm, I'm feeling it. Oh boy. Um, before we start comparing, contrasting, and arguing, as we so often do, you can find us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. We pushed our Twitter off of Mount Crumpet, and if you need any links, you can find us at. MarriageTheIdea.Weebly.com. Email us at MarriageTheIdeaReviews at gmail.com. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial and membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. And we're recommending exactly what you think we're going to recommend today. Don't spoil it. Okay. Uh, So we're talking about perhaps the most iconic Christmas figure besides Santa Claus and Jesus, the Grinch. Let's see. uh, Oh, those polar bears that drink Coke, too. Yeah, reindeers. 
Mm. He's definitely top five. Definitely in the top five. Your little kid, on average, knows only five famous people, and the Grinch is often one of them. <laughs> there, I mean, Halloween, or not Halloween, uh, Christmas is jam-packed with uh, figures, whereas Halloween has, like, just general characters. General no characters. characters. Also, I think that Halloween movies get a better chance to become classic Halloween movies because we aren't oversaturated. However, every Christmas movie tries to be a classic and very few of them ever succeed. Most of them are just passing. I feel like the ones that don't try to be classic Christmas movies are the ones that turn the the classic tropes on their heads often become the classics. Because if you think about it, the ones that are now classic or the ones that we consider classics are the ones that aren't really like the classics. Actually, the ones I consider classics are the ones that were made with the cheapest budgets and were only made widely available because of copyright laws. But I'm, I'm even including Miracle on 34th Street, the original one, and, um, uh, oh, shoot, the one that is your family's tradition. Well, that I was telling you, when It's a Wonderful Life came there out, it was not a critical success or a box office success. It fell into obscurity. And when the copyright ran out on it, they started playing it because it was cheap 24-hour marathons on TV. TV brought that movie to life and made it a classic because it was not when it came out. Same with the Rankin-Bass stop-motion animation stuff. Made on a dime store budget. And now they're in every home in America. How a boy, Clarence. Attaboy. You gave me such shit until you actually saw that movie on Christmas. Honestly, I was surprised at how good it was. There's, you know, obviously a couple big glaring things because of the time that it was made in. But other than that, it still holds up really well. You don't want to know what happened to her. She never married. No! He came a librarian. Oh, Oh, so sad. The worst thing that could happen to a woman. Oh. Heart. <laughs> she became a spinster. Oh, we're such Grinches. That's probably appropriate. But like, if you think about it, the other ones that are more recent classics, like A Christmas Story, Elf, hell, even <sighs> one that I don't consider a Christmas classic, but that everyone else does, Die Hard, are <laughs> are ones that are non traditional, quote unquote. Christmas classics. The reason is is because they take the Christmas classic uh, idea and flip it around. Mm-hmm. So, so the question we just spent the next fifty-two minutes answering is: <laughs> Is the new remake of The Grinch the new new remake? The new new remake is it going to be a classic Christmas movie? That's uh, what I'm saying, boo. See, that's the problem. The original. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> how, how do we want to approach this? Do we want to give a recap and then you go all into know the it? story? So, or... I think we can only talk about the differences in um, story arcs, in animation styles, or lack thereof, and progression <sighs> of it. Um, well, let's. Uh, can we? Uh, do we want to go ahead and give a spoiler warning right now? Or? There are no spoilers. It's the Grinch. I there are, there are couples there. There's a couple small spoilers, and I want to say like there's a twist because there's not really a twist, but they do a couple things differently. Well, we can talk about that. I refuse to give in to spoiler culture. It's not called a spoiler. It's just what happens in the movie. Okay. It won't change your enjoyment of the movie if you know that that's why he does what he does. I no. Well, okay. 
That's not what I'm saying. Well, then I guess I don't know what you're saying as usual. Uh, well, um, how about this? If you've not watched it, we would probably recommend, but it's not required. So the movie is absolutely watchable. I would say that. So if you want something fun to go watch, watch this movie. And not scary or offensive at all for your three-year-olds. So Come on, we just watched it with our three-year-old That's nephew. That's what I'm so. saying. No, <laughs> no bad stuff in it. Like there's a butt joke, but like usually the, the hallmark of a bad movie in my mind is the prevalence of fart jokes, and there are no fart jokes. So was there not a single? I there was know. not a single fart joke. Nope. There was a butt shot, but that was it. And I'm like, you know. That's I'll, about as close as they Chris got. Chris Melodandry, so. I will take it. I will take what yeah, you give me if okay. you're not going to have a freaking fart joke in a kid's movie. Okay, you know, respect. Respect yeah. on that. So Probably um, a Benedict Cumberbatch's writer that he will not perform in movies that yeesh, have <laughs> fart jokes. I don't know. Was there one in Penguins of Madagascar? Let's be honest. Oh, good question. That also had some fun. Okay, we're going off the subject. Off so, the subject. So this movie is worth the watch and you can make your own opinions. We're going to talk about ours. So Let's do it. As usual, we're a bunch of idiots with our own opinions. And just because we're always right doesn't mean you have to listen to us. Yeah. We're just award-winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 30, uh, 30 under 30. Um, I would like <laughs> to talk a little bit about the history of this thing. Because the Grinch Soul, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a Dr. Seuss original. And the estate of Dr. Really? Seuss... Really? I thought he stole it from somebody else. And the estate of Dr. Seuss after recent movies in the early 2000s, decided not to allow the rights to be used anymore. So I'm curious... Well, you mean specifically live-action ones because of the how bad the Grinch one went and then how horrible the Cat in the Hat one went. Mm-hmm. So far, Illumination has been the only one allowed to touch the Dr. Seuss estate. With um, Horton, which... Horton was Dream War. Was he? No, I'm thinking. No, of, he wasn't Dream War. I'm thinking was, of Lorax. Was and he I'm, Blue Sky? What, it wasn't Illumination, was it? Oh, here's where research would have really come in handy. It would have. There's been three movies all made because it's and well, yeah, Horton, Lorax, Grange. I thought there was one other one. So far, so it's only been these three so far. Yeah. Okay. You were on roll. I'm not trying to. <laughs> then you derailed my roll. You took my roll. No, I'm trying to keep. I'm it. trying to keep it on track. I'm trying to like help conduct it. Okay, so clearly there is a part of the Seuss estate that says that Theodore Geisel's works were made for children and the young at heart, and the animated movie lends itself well to that. I don't think we can keep doing this though. <laughs> This suffers from the same problem that the Hobbit movies suffer from, in that it was a short book made for children that somehow has to be stretched out into three movies, or in this case, an hour and a half runtime, when you can get the whole story told in a tidy 22 minutes in the first adaptation, animated adaptation, the Chuck Jones adaptation. So we're ha- we're going to hit the same problem again and again with these properties that are made for kids, which means they're only 32 pages long, only a couple sentences on each page with mostly illustrations, and you're going to keep having the problem of if we have to make an hour and a half long movie for children, we're going to have to pad, 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 and it's going to keep getting m- the message, the messages that Dr. Seuss talks about will get more and more bogged down by filler. 
Well, it's like the original Lorax that they did was so padded out with the songs that they just threw in. It, like, it felt like every two seconds it was another song that really had nothing to do. It was like, oh, and here are the Swami Swans. It's the Swami Swan song. It's the Swami Swan song. It's, but at it least in the original, sense. in the original, Dr. Seuss had his hand in all those. He wrote all the songs for that original animated Lorax. Well, yes, whether but that doesn't bad, mean... Whether it's good or bad, he had a hand in it, and he saw creatively that it could be done. And he saw that his book would probably translate into a 10-minute short at best. He's like, well, I have to assist in some way. Well, I posturize that um, Grinch Knight was five times better than the Lorax movie. Hmm. Because, and I don't want to say ten times, because it wasn't, like, an amazing movie, but what came out of The Grinch Knight, a.k.a. Uh, the Grinch is going to get you, you know, you know, that whole sequence, as much of a trip and mind freak. fucking freak and <laughs> that it is, it really, like, that one scene makes up for everything else. And then Josiah said, and then Zachariah said, you know. Exactly. So if you have your one compelling character and your one compelling scene, it kind of makes up for the whole thing, which is what I find with the Lorax, honestly. Because at the end, it's just this animation. He doesn't even say anything. Just gave him a glance, and he floats away, and he just has to talk to this kid. And, like, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. And that's the scene. That's the scene we've all been waiting for in this movie. Um, we need that moment for the Grinch. How the Grinch stole Christmas. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. It's it's the macho. It's the, the pathos, the ethos. It's the end-all, be-all of the story. What is the message? Yeah, that's the both the problem with the Grinch movies, both of them, the live-action Jim Carrey and then this Illumination animated movie, and where they can kind of separate themselves from the original Grinch story, that they do expand on that, but sometimes not in the best way. I'm open to a character with nuance. I'm open to a Grinch that's complex and divided and has emotional pathos. I'm I'm down for that. I'm not down with the padding coming in the form of asides and goof em ups that don't go anywhere <laughs> and stuff like that. I and you see, I'm, I know I want to do. Reindeer. <laughs> I do want to agree with you though. I think the illumination. As good as wor- of work as they do, mostly, I think the Illumination Dr. Seuss stuff needs to stop. I'm not saying animated Dr. Seuss movies need to stop. The Illumination stuff needs to stop. Because They're minionizing everything. You can tell, exactly. right? Exactly. Every single time. I'm like, and that's a minion design, and that's a minion design, and that's a minion design. They're they're trying to make everything too cutesy, everything that can be marketable. Like with the Lorax, how they slapped his face on everything. Oh, yeah. I feel like with the Grinch, again, they've slapped his face on everything. They did it with the first Grinch, too, or rather the Jim Carrey one. They've done it with this one, too. Like, I got an Amazon box for work the other day, and it was green. Now, granted, the marketing, the, the actual advertising shit like that was hilarious and on point. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. The advertising department... They're doing their jobs correctly, but the the fact that they're allowing that to begin with 
shows that they're not really understanding the full message. So my reason I agree with you is because there's something with the person that you and I both enjoy, Nostalgia Critic, or at least I still enjoy. Uh, It's complicated. uh, One thing that he always says, especially with movies that have been remade or movies like this that are coming out recently, whenever you try to make something hip and you instantly with date it. it. Exactly. Now there are some if movies. If you brought a fidget spinner, I would have died. Like this new, this new movie on uh, Netflix, The Christmas Chronicles. I was like all about it. Like I was like Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. I could get behind this, and like the story kind of looked interesting. Like where he kind of loses his powers a little bit. Oh, and I want to watch like, this. Are you about to wreck this for me? Is it bad? not completely i won't i won't say it looks completely bad it's just at the very end of the trailer his elves start flossing no exactly damn it exactly (laughs) that is not a critique of younger generations that is literally the minute you try to be cool you are not cool exactly see that's the problem with that it's in this movie towed the line and stepped over a few times Though it wasn't nearly as bad as the Lorax. I liked the soundtrack for the Lorax because I'm a sucker for some of those kind of songs. But the Lorax dated itself. I've, we've gone back and watched it well, since the, then and it's it's dated well, itself. That's, that's the problem of changing your story's focus. The focus should have been about the Onceler and his past, but they made it about Ted and his quest to get girl who but i'm not talking i'm not even talking about the change in the story okay because even then that's a whole separate problem i'm talking about dating it like with all setting it in a modern time is what i mean yeah if it was just the oncelers past it's nebulous it could be any time which means it could happen to any of us by trying to place it though in a place where there are uh motorized scooters and cell phones and such it's and surveillance equipment hidden in cats it's it's like oh wait a minute so with this one they still do a good job about having it be in whoville and whoville has aspects of our modern life and i think that's what you're picking up on because there are things like toasters and not even the toasters like toasters have been around for a long time i'm talking there are some modernizations like basically at one point he flies a drone oh right right like yeah exactly the kids in in like 10 15 20 years they're gonna be like He's flying a drone? How passe. It's Yeah, where are hovercopters? Yeah, like why didn't he just take a, a jet back? <laughs> now that'd be fun. Exactly. It's dated itself with that reference. You know, whenever you do that to yourself, you set yourself back. Now, did it do did this movie do it all the time? No, it didn't. And that's where I think you and I will differ, and I think it actually excelled in some things. Let's talk about the good stuff. There were some things I really, really enjoyed about this movie, and why I think it could be a good Christmas movie. The atmosphere is drenched 
in Christmas. Every frame in Whoville looks like the most beautiful, wonderful Christmas town. The buildings look like gingerbread houses with the snow on them. Lights on every single nook and cranny. And it's all gorgeously colored. And everyone's real positive and happy. And it has just this really beautiful Christmas feeling about it. I have to agree. This is like uh, Arthur Christmas, uh, Elf um, well, levels minute, of Christmas. They light up the giant tree and every family in town makes an ornament to go on the giant tree. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> like, and but then there's no more mention of that. I, know. I don't like that they brought this up. They spent so much time on it. And then there's he never no did other... take down the big exactly. tree. Exactly. I have to get rid of this tree. The tree never leaves. And he gets rid of the big tree in the animated Chuck Jones one. He closes it up like an umbrella and that walks was, away. Yeah. Oh, okay. That brings me to the second thing I really did like about it. The inventions. The minute he decides to actually steal Christmas. Before this, we've seen some, oh, the chair rises up in the cave. Oh, he, he has a workshop and some tinkering. Where this thing just takes off is when he's actually stealing Christmas. He's got this sled that can go any which direction across the roofs. He's got the giant extendo boots. He goes down the chimney with this giant candy cane. And first thing, oh, the candy cane helps him get down the chimney. Then he turns the candy cane and it's a glow stick. Then he turns the top of the cane and it becomes a magnet that sucks all the socks <laughs> off. And then it becomes a grappling hook that he just shoots. It's grappling so, hook! It's so fun and cool and inventive. I'm like, I get it now. That's a unique take. That's an idea. Because the coolest part of any Grinch story is when he finally goes and steals. And you see him slither and slunk. And you see him steal everything. So this was the inventive, cool, again, uh, you and I said this in the theater. And before we saw it, very Gru-esque mm-hmm. villainry. Chris Melodandry and Illumination Studios like to do the gears and the whirls and the clicks and the clanks. They, they like to show their Rube Goldberg machine-like devices. That's where they excel in their design. And they definitely did here because that sequence is very visually stimulating. And it wasn't like overstimulating. I was entranced. There's a lot going on. I would posturize and say there's points when they layer too much like your eye is trying to focus on something and they throw too much at you like with the minion movies or the rather the despicable me movies and the minion movie like you can usually follow along pretty well but with this one there's a couple times i'm like i'm trying to read like there's like there's obvious like little references here and there and i don't know if it was because of the the screen we're watching on or if it was because of the movie itself but it's like I'm trying to focus on something and I can't because of like how fast it's moving or just because of how much crap there is on screen. And it's and it got a little annoying at a couple times. But like that one scene, I know if I went back and watched it, there's more to watch because there's like there's one layer that's right there in front of the camera and then there's a couple other layers behind them like you're seeing the Grinch and the Max and then you're seeing the Minx, uh, the Grinch and Max beyond them and then beyond them again there's another set so oh yeah the big continuous narrative where it's just a time lapse of them going all around the town and doing this and that uh, he uses golden Christmas ninja stars to wrap up the tree it's all this really cool and inventive stuff so 
However, that does bring me to the second part with that whole stretching thing. If you make that part of your movie, which is the part of the movie that the kids want to see, if you make that a smaller in proportion to the rest of the film, it loses, it gets too clustered, like you said. In the original, it takes up half of the time of the short. The first half is him saying, no Christmas, I'm going to prep for stealing it, and then we're going to go steal it. This one, it's 60 minutes of prepping and backstory and Cindy Lou, and then five to ten minutes of actually stealing Christmas, and then the change comes right after that. It it rings hollow and it rings rushed. In a movie that's an hour and a half long, it feels rushed. Yeah... Yeah, I would agree with you on that because there's there's this whole subplot with Cindy Lou Who, which truthfully, uh, you may disagree with me on this. The Cindy Lou Who in this is so much better than she was in the Jim Carrey version. She wasn't bad in the Jim Carrey version, but she was just kind of there. Let's talk. Okay. Okay. No, I see. I see it. Hold it pin in it we are going to talk about comparisons between this and the jim carrey version okay because it is halftime oh it is uh yes it's about halftime it's okay. halftime because before we get into that i have so many opinions okay i know you do too let's <laughs> go so many things to let's say. go to halftime um we're actually going to again we are sponsored by audible and audible is offering oh Oh, Aaron, would you like to read it? It's my only thing to do. <laughs> yeah, you don't do anything else this entire podcast. No. You just read the plug. Like, don't be stepping all over my plug. All right, go ahead. So, as Liz was saying... Poorly, I suppose. Our show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea, and that's not with the number two, it's T-O, and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. And it's across the platforms, whether you have an Android, an iPhone. Uh, I believe it's even on your MP3 player, if you still have those, and Fire Tablets. Just go to audibletrial.com slash idea. And as we kind of said earlier... The book that we're recommending today, of course, is How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss. Now, who it is narrated by is actually just a little bit of a surprise. It is actually by none other than Walter Matthau of Bad News Bears fame. And, uh, or Odd Couple, Two Grumpy Men. You can listen to a sample of it on the website. It's a trip. I, I never knew the Grinch could have a Brooklyn accent, but he definitely does in this one, so it is well worth a listen. It would have been nice to have actual Benedict Cumberbatch voice narrate this. I That would have been cool. Um, I would have actually liked to have heard Anthony Hopkins do it, because he did it so well in the Jim Carrey version. You like Sounds of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> introducing your... I'm yes, sorry. Yes, I like Odin doing that yes i do there are some roles that become too iconic for their actors neil patrick harris will never be anything other than barney stinson in my I eyes di- i disagree with that because neil patrick harris has done so much 
But that is definitely the book that we recommend. We were surprised when we found that because we were wasn't sure what we were going to recommend. It's got some beautiful musical accompaniment with it. It very much feels like a radio play, and it's a tidy 12 minutes, so you can play this the night before Christmas with your kids. If you don't have like a fun tradition yet, this would be a fun one to listen to before they go to sleep. Yeah, even give you ideas if you want to read it yourself. So. Mm-hmm. But yes, we recommend How the Grinch Stole Christmas. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. Download it as your free book. And then you have a three 30-day trial membership. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. All right. So every version of the Dr. Seuss How the Grinch Stole Christmas has increased the role that Cindy Lou Who plays. The original written one, she literally shows up to ask Santa Claus why she's stealing all their stuff. She literally shows up to make it cry like a dove. And cool. then... Uh, uh. Um, then in the Tom Jones version, you see her before then setting Ch- up some... Sorry, Ch- Chuck Jones, I'm sorry. That is the Chuck Jones version I'm talking oh, about. No, so in the book, she just shows up in that very scene and no other. Yeah. In the Chuck Jones version, That's, you see... She, she only shows up You in that. see her before setting up some decorations. Gotcha. You see her talk to him, and then at the end, you see them all sitting together and her petting Max and helping him cut the roast beast. In the Jim Carrey version, we have a different theme than previous Grinch stories. We have the idea that the Who's do not know how to celebrate Christmas and that the Grinch is crotchety because they treated him poorly and that they don't truly understand either so he wants to make life as miserable for them as they made for him and her role is to investigate and figure out why he's all alone what happened to him and why does she not feel the spirit of Christmas as the song as the terrible terrible song says where are you Christmas let Why us can't I find you? Not forget that we were all once very young and terrible people. It's very funny because the actress Taylor Momsen is actually in a semi-successful band. Oh, cool! Yeah, like she like she refuses to sing that song, but she's like good. She's <laughs> actually a really good singer now. So it's it's just really strange that and she had that. She started with that. Doesn't really does Mariah weird. cover that? Who's the one who belted out at the end of the big pop cover? Uh, you Merry got me. Christmas. I'm <laughs> sure it's probably either Mariah or um, oh the Janet name. or uh, <laughs> Celine or I don't think it's Celine. somebody. We love Celine too much. It can't be her. Yeah, it's got it. Yeah. So in this movie, it's split right down the middle. It is for a movie called The Grinch. It's very much the Grinch and Cindy Lou. Yeah. But the weird thing is they don't interact. In the Jim Carrey version, at least they interact a bunch of times in it to make their connection stronger and to make like a blossoming Frenchman caring for her seem real. In this one, they literally bump up in, into each other in the beginning of the movie. He's a dick to her. And then later, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I need you to help my mom. And then at the end... After seeing her, he still steals everything, but then the top of the mountain is like, wait, no, I can just close my eyes, and that little girl, she saved my life. We'll get to the mixed messages later. Um, I like her because she's got some more agency in this one. I like the relationship she has with her mother. I like, she's a fun character, but every character in this movie does not seem to realize they're in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. 
because it's called The Grinch. It's not how The Grinch stole Christmas. This story is a character study of The Grinch. It's not about his quest to steal Christmas. It's not about that at all. It's about what made him the way that it was. And in the end, he says, I, I actually don't hate Christmas. I would just hate it being alone. It's like, I get what you're doing, but you also didn't even like have an epiphany. You didn't come to the realization that maybe Christmas means more than this. He actually just listened to a song with his eyes closed and said, oh, I forget about the bad things in my life for a little bit. It's so weird. I, yeah, one thing that I did not appreciate, did not like, that they did diff- uh, much differently than, say, the original v- two versions and the Jim Carrey version is that they almost completely threw out the original story. And I don't mean like they, they threw out the story and then they like redid it. I mean like the narration, like at least with the Jim Carrey version, Anthony Hopkins narrated, but it was the story. You know, and they, if they Very embellished. few changes. Yeah. Very few verses added. I don't mind embellishing or changing. But you become but, show don't. You, you fail the show don't tell rule at that point. Yeah. At that point, it, like I thought, because at the beginning they kind of start in there, and you, but then they they branch off very quickly, and they don't really, they they kind of bob and weave, but they don't really ever fully come back. Yeah, the sad the sad sad story of the Grinch in this new movie is that he was an orphan and nobody loved him and no one cared enough to make Christmas in his orphanage in a dark part of Whoville that we've never seen before can, because they're all so nice. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Can so, we talk about cuz so I weird. call bullshit. Exactly. I call bullshit. That's a huge ass plot hole. In the Jim Carrey version, at least you get the idea from the get-go that the Who's are too concerned with presence and the appearance of Christmas, not the substance. And you can imagine there being an orphanage there. In fact, we know that the Grinch is an orphan and he's taken in by these aunts who try to raise him up and that... He wasn't necessarily an orphan. He just didn't really go to he where belong. he was supposed to go. Yeah, It's like they they explain where Who's come from, or baby Who's come from, yeah. and, and they're... <laughs> Little who f- uh, girls and little who fellas come down in their little who presenters. And, like, that's a fun addition. Like, that was fun. Ron Howard made this little addition fun. and But and it's like... In this it, new one, the who's are all nice. We never see... It's never told cynically that, that their love of Christmas is not real or true or fair. Yeah, they're crazy with their decorations, but that never seems to come at the cost of them actually being there for each other. So when you all of a sudden show, and there was a dark, lonely orphanage in the middle of town that no Christmas ever touched, when Christmas inhabits every single facet of this community... They don't explain it. And it's not like they don't... They, they just like give you like a little hint or something. They don't... They never even come close. There's an orphanage, but who's running the orphanage? Why aren't there any other orphans? Because it's not yeah. a, a like a little house. It's, it's a alone building in a mansion in a dark, depressing mansion with nothing and no one. And it's like you didn't address the problem. I am now even more confused. You brought up enough questions for it to make less sense. Also, if they had just not had Pharrell chiming in with rhyming narration. That scene would have been stronger. Still wouldn't have made any sense, but if it just been him, like too many bright lights, I I like the idea of the Grinch being an 
like really approaching the anti-social concept of him like i don't like being around people it he, makes he, me nervous it, no, it makes I like, me anxious I, that's actually one change i liked because it modernized it in a way that worked um making Bright lights, the, loud the music i don't the like almost it. The, the almost autistic exactly yeah no but it worked it really freaking worked. But then Pharrell comes in and says, "No one was there." And like, no, no, the no, I'm talking. I'm talking, I'm talking about just the that that part yeah. completely. Like, I really felt like the directors in Benedict Cumberbatch and even the writer, or even the writers too, were like, "Hey, what if we made it like he's he, he has not maybe not autism, but social social anxiety?" Like, it worked. It really, really worked. So why like why couldn't that have been why he didn't like Christmas? Yeah. Why not play into that? Not that he was an orphan and nobody loved him, because then it would have been like he they tried to celebrate Christmas and he tried and he did something wrong and they all laughed at him, but they weren't maybe like laughing at him. They were just laughing and he took it the wrong way. He's like, oh oh my god, and he ran away because that's what someone with social anxiety would do. Yeah. You can't say the Grinch was different from the Who's and then show him in the Who village as an orphan because now you have to address who were his parents? Were they Grinches? Were they Who's? Is he a mutant or like a like a, someone with a birth defect? Why was he abandoned? And why did no one adopt him in this very nice town where everyone is loved and there are single mothers taking care of three children all by themselves? Exactly. Like, if that dude, um, the Burke and Black or whatever yeah. his name is. Keenan Thompson. If, if Keenan Thompson, if he had been an adult at that time, or even in, even now in the, the present of this movie. He would have adopted He kid. would have adopted. He would have adopted a kid. I guarantee. Yeah. He'd be like, hey, look at this. I've got a kid and a dog. Woohoo. You know, like, that's that kind of character. Yeah. But, like, I, you bring up this weird-ass part of the fact that the who, or not the who, <laughs> the Grinch, is an orphan, and then don't explain it. You have you have something that's actually, in my opinion, quite brilliant with a social anxiety. I honestly, I thought he was going to go through PTSD when he came down off the tree. Yeah. And he, it almost was. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, they're going there, and it was working. And it's like, why not play off of that? Maybe that's why he hates Christmas. Like, maybe his <laughs> maybe his parents died in a freak accident on Christmas, going down the mountain God, and trying to get a Christmas tree. Like, something. Like, I don't even give them parents. Just Maybe that's the day he was found, or and he didn't know what to do. He just and he got thrown into it all. He's I an don't know. He's omnipresent God who's always lived on this mountain and has never known true love. And... It's like, and just, they over-explained it and under-explained it at the same time. And because of that, they weakened it mm -hmm. by a lot. Now, Aaron, I know you love the Jim Carrey version. Uh, let me let me give a little bit of a backstory on the Jim Carrey version. We talked version. about this last year a little bit. I think so. Uh, In our favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, the Jim Carrey version um, is not still not one of my favorite Christmas movies. It is one of those ones that I have a little, it has a special place in my heart. Uh, because I like Jim Carrey, uh, but also I have to think back to it all the time because it was one of the first movies that I liked and my parents didn't. And it was formative enough for me that I was like, oh, I can like something that my parents don't. I can have my own opinion because we got out of the movie theater. And my parents were like, oh, I hated that. And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. 
And in my head, I'm like, no, wait, I didn't. I kind of liked it. And so that's where I was like, I can have my own opinion. So the Jim Carrey version has flaws. It has flaws out the wazoo. This movie has flaws. I'm still trying to decide if it has less. For me, the problem that I had with the Jim Carrey version is that it's very dark visually for a Christmas movie. It, it's 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 smoky and dingy and dark. It's not bright and colorful and Christmassy to me. It's trying to be, but it doesn't come off. It looks enough. like there's Vaseline on the lens. It's very weird. Yeah. And it makes the who's into jerks. When in the first one, they literally did have the spirit of Christmas and this outsider did not understand and thought he could take it from them. But he learned the lesson that Christmas is is within you. And in this, in the Jim Carrey version, they're like, no, the Who's have, all, have also lost sight of Christmas and they don't know how to um, get back to it. And it's going to take a huge shock to get out of their system. However, that movie at least has a consistent narrative and parallels with our... Cindy Lou Who and the Grinch that parallel each other and move towards a satisfying resolution that they all learn the true meaning of Christmas together. In this one, the Who's are nice, yet the Grinch still became the way he became, and the message is still Christmas doesn't come from a store, but it's also I just didn't like being alone. It's it can't be both. It can't be both and be strong. It's not strong enough to support both messages. In the end, it's not about Christmas. In the end, in in those uh, after credit scenes where they were just showing like him working around the house to make life easier for her mom, it's like all Cindy Lou who wants in this movie is something for her mom. So the Grinch thinks, oh, who kids? They only want toys. They only want gifts. All these people care about is gifts. And Cindy Lou who from the beginning, we realize, oh, no, she's going to ask for something for Santa to, for her mom because she's nice and she sees her mom working so hard and she wants to make life easier for her. But by the end of the movie, when he brings Christmas back, he doesn't really bring anything that can help her mom. It's it's um. Uh, you're uh, you're kind of losing me. I'm not no, gonna lie. I'm, no, I'm on the point. Okay, uh, okay. So because like basically what the, she the, the plots... she brought she did she did get her wish. She got something to help her mom. She got the Grinch. But he doesn't do that within the narrative of the story. We only find that out through credit scenes where we see him using his inventions to help her it's not part of the story if it's in the credits it's not part of the story and the intended script if it's in the credits so she does not and she doesn't even like learn a lesson like oh honey i don't need a gift from santa to be happy uh, or you know that she literally says that though i don't need a gift to, to know what christmas is i have you but seeing who wants to make her mom's life easier not more in the Christmas spirit. She never says, oh, mom, you don't have the Christmas spirit in your heart. And that's, yeah, that's, no, no. I, okay, so what you're saying is is the narrative is getting lost, and I'm disagreeing that the narrative is, isn't getting lost, but the problem is is what you're also saying is that it's not a Christmas narrative. You're 100% right about that, is that what she wants from Santa is someone to help with her. She wants to make her mom's life easier because she knows with herself and then her two brothers who were like, toddlers and twins and and well can be a little bit terrors she wants to make her mom's life easier and she finds it with the grinch that part gets solved but the problem is is like i don't need christmas i have you that's generic and it's never really lost 
it, even with him stealing the stuff, she was saying that exactly what, it didn't what is this? it didn't make her mom's life harder to have Christmas stolen. We didn't see the twins in terror we didn't see, with no we, presents. And, yeah, we didn't and we didn't see her busting her ass to make the money to barely put a couple presents under the tree while you know she was working her ass off to take care of everything. They seemed like they were doing. They fun. wanted for nothing. Yeah, yeah. They, you never got the sense that. Sure, life was hard for the single mom, but you don't get the sense that she really needs this help. Yeah, and it's like this kid. This kid has the right intentions, and the and her heart is absolutely in the right place. But it's not crap. It's the suburban white dream. I want to make mom's life easier. Okay, so I'm gonna get her something convenient. Now I want to make my life my mom's life easier. So I'm gonna go quit school and get a job type thing well you see in the opening scenes that she does help her mom she says and mom i cleaned all the twins toys and i did all that oh honey you didn't have to do that you can see her you can see the mom's sadness like oh no my daughter i I never want my children to feel like they have to support me i have to support them i never want them to feel like there is uncertainty here and i have failed them if they realize that and start helping in that manner in a way in a way but yes I, i get what you're saying with that though so it's a pretty generic suburban wish it's not a bad wish by any means but there was a crazy part of my brain that's like i need something to make my mom's life easier i need to get her a husband I and then the grinch swear, shows up like what's happening i swear to god i thought that's what it was gonna be i know like i think we had the jim carrey version in our heads we must have oh had. yeah oh it has to end up together that's a protagonist <laughs> i always like christmas you know the pretty colors like red and green oh, <laughs> i was far too busy with my studies um, i'm sorry i you know how i always say i uh, i hate actresses um i'm actually forgetting her name off the top of my head but right you now hate her regardless no i love her oh okay no that actress who played um mary lou um whoever she was I actually really, really like her because she was in uh, Mamma Mia and then. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, cool. her, one of, her song, that Does Your Mother Know That You're Out, is one of my favorites from that soundtrack. So. Has but, nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Nope. Just it, an aside. A completely worthless scene. <laughs> that scene has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. So, so what do we really want then? Do we want a faithful 30-minute adaptation of the original source material? Do we want a reimagining um, that puts both of our characters into more equal footing that has its flaws in its overall visual appeal and humor? Or do we want one that kind of forgets it just drapes itself in the skin of the Grinch Hill without actually living inside it. It just throws on, oh, there's Christmas here and there's who's there, but really it's a story about a, a child trying to help her single mother and a man overcoming his social anxiety. That's the problem is, is there's flaws with each one because the original one is probably the best. It's so good. But even that's dated. I mean, just the animation, honestly. Well, it's, we talked about this earlier. We could just do, um, not reimaginings, um, re... Masters. Remaster. Just remaster it then. Oh, no. That's that's the problem, too. It's, just, it's Chuck Jones. 
you know, touch Chuck Jones's work because his stuff is good. But there's some stuff because I think they had to rush at the end because, like, literally at the end of the movie when he goes down with the sled, it's such a weird shot that it it stays from far away. Oh, when the and then like people, it's literally a wall of people just open, like, like open a hinge it's, of a door, yeah, and then it comes back in. <laughs> it's cute. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. It's not dated. It's it's shoestring budget and yeah, it's charming. Exactly. <laughs> but so that's. So there's there's either small issues like that to larger issues where like there are fart or butt jokes in the Jim Carrey version. So you kind of it's almost you have to pick your poison either a little discomfort or you're puking your actual guts out. It's it's and it's hard to choose. You know, most of the time you'll probably pick just a little discomfort or you know slight to no discomfort with the original Chuck Jones version. But the problem is, is there will never be another Chuck Jones version. Even if you remastered it, you took the original voice recordings, Boris Karloff freaking narrating it and having What's-His-Face singing it. Because it wasn't Boris Karloff um, singing it. It was a... Uh, uh, oh, I've I've missed the guy who my did, research papers, Aaron. I it was the know. guy who did Tony the the original Tony the Tiger because I remember uh, Nostalgia Critic talking about it. Okay, speaking of songs, the hang on dueling uh, carolers, uh, unnecessary. So weird. It's so awkward. See that? Okay, that's the problem with this movie. There were moments that were hilarious, like the sight gag with the long ass yes. dinner table. The multiple times that they used it, both times were funny, and inventive, and and well worth the watch. It's a good sight gag. It's it, good. It was funny, and the interactions between Grinch and Max were better than they had been in the other two. But they were still different enough that I don't think that it's like. That is the exact same thing done better. I don't mind the relationship. It's just weird in the one movie that they decide to say the Grinch is actually just sad that he's alone to give him a companion that he actually does talk to and have interactions with and apologizes to. It's weird at that point in the game to say... We're gonna give him a companion now. It's it kind of defeats the purpose of your message, perhaps. <laughs> Just a little bit. But you have those, and then you have a weird, deep character that is also not deep at the same time in a reindeer. It you have genuine moments where he cares about Christmas and then is a complete dick the next. It's it almost loses its own focus. But it's still, I set the bar low for this movie. I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I like Benedict Cumberbatch a lot. I still set the bar low for this movie. It exceeded that bar pretty well. If you enjoy Illumination's animation style, it it looks really good. And it's definitely um, got good comedic action there are starts and stops and it's not all the same uh monotonous way of action always the same pace and all the kids were glued in the theater that we were watching it at they were all watching they all enjoyed it plenty of chuckles plenty of chuckles uh it it failed in my opinion it showed every funny scene and again all the funny oh no i disagree most of the funny scenes have nothing to do with the plot most of the funny scenes are like Oh, now here's we're going to get a mating call of the reindeer, and then a goat comes up and screams at them. Or, yeah, that, I'm going to get ready was, for my that day. That was stupid and unnecessary. That, like, that's where I shook my head and was my head was in my hand. It's like, that, why? 
unnecessary. The screaming goat. Get rid of it. Didn't need to be there. Didn't and then, and then at the end, you had this really sweet moment. Pulls out, and it's like, and who's uh, standing on the snowbank with a freaking goat to scream us into the credits? Like a lot uh, of I, plot lines that don't go anywhere. We have, we have Phil the fat reindeer, who apparently is only there to eventually show the message of, oh, I had a family this whole time, and I'm a dad, and look how I care for my kids. I and can ex be alone. You at the end. I can be alone, but I can also be with people too. It's I, I think what they were trying to say, maybe, and, and he's open not for interpretation. A jerk. He's he's not a Grinch. The Grinch he is a Grinch. To, he, he tried to be. They didn't go Grinch enough. They just made him they, sad. They made they, him so sad. I'll, Frank, so Phil the Reindeer has a family, and instead of being a mean Grinch, like in Grinch Night, and saying, come on, you don't get to get a loving family. Come back. We're going back to work on this. He's like, I'm sorry, here. You can go now back to your family. But like, why would you? That's the thing. Is it's like he's never. He. It's. I think that's the whole problem. Is is once you've shown that he's not a Grinch to animals, that he's exactly. I think he's more of a Grinch to people, but at the same time, Grinch Grinch would just steal the wife and kid and put them on his sleigh team. And <laughs> that's see, that's the problem. Is is where do you draw the line? And they draw. I think they drew the line. Is he's a Grinch to people. However, even when he's a full-on Grinch, he's never truly a full-on Grinch. The original, yeah, he's a jerk to Max, but there's a friendship there. There's a he he cares for Max. Maybe not that much, but it's a different relationship than it is. He wouldn't in this keep one. a dog around if he didn't want a dog around. Like the Max and the Jim Carrey version stays around because he knows that there's something there. This one, they have a genuine relationship. You know, it's a guy and his pet. It's and like his pet companion. And like the guy honestly cares about him. But in the original one, when he goes down and he messes with the people, he messes with the people. That's probably my favorite scene in the movie is when he goes down and messes with everyone because it's freaking hilarious. But again, very Gru. A lot of passive. No, no, not not the not the recent one. I'm talking the Jim Carrey one. Uh, okay, yeah. So again, so Jim Carrey does it right. He goes down and really he makes problems for them. The this one, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is much more passive aggressive in his Grinching attitude. Yeah. Like he doesn't even really mess with the Keenan Thompson character at all. Like in, uh, you weren't you had to step out of the theater at this point, but like he goes up to him and just says hi, like is kind of talking to him, and it's it's more of an information exchange. But he doesn't end up doing anything. Like there's no other like. And I then, couldn't be happier that there was not a liar's reveal. Thank you for not doing that. But also the character is kind of worthless. Then if you're gonna have this. Fr- character who says the Grinch is my best friend and the Grinch saying I hate you if he doesn't actually say it to him there's no payoff there's no humor and without ever coming to terms like oh my friend really messed me up then why does it matter that they don't like that he doesn't like him I, I mean, it was never a big thing, but they never really went anywhere with it. A lot so of they side things that just get dropped yeah. in the movie and then fade away. Dropped like, in the movie, fade away. Angela Lansbury plays the mayor. They never... The mayor do- has no role besides lighting the tree. Never see her again. Yeah, that's like... It, there's a lot of like little little loose threads. Not a lot to like completely fray everything. But there's a lot of little loose threads. 
Need a tighter script. Yeah, it needed a much tighter script. Now, the there are two things I'm going to give this movie. The first thing I'm going to give is the voice acting. Spot on. Keenan Thompson playing this character was not annoying whatsoever. I thought he did a great job. I would have to disagree with you. Uh, I thought the voice acting was way too, oh, these are famous people in modern day talking into a microphone. None of them sounded timeless. See, I disagree. Like, I, because I, I like most, if not all, these actors. Uh, in fact, the little girl, I don't know who, who played Cindy Lou Who, but I thought she did a great job. Like, sometimes when you get children actors to play these kind of roles, it's a little, not, not even stilted, but it's like, I'm trying too hard to be this character. Like, they they overdo it. This girl did a really great job. Um, or the, rather, this actress, I should say. Did a really, really great job as Cindy Lou. Like, I believed everything that she did. And, of course, Rashida Jones, I don't think I've ever seen anything Rashida Jones has done bad in. You know, <laughs> she is a treasure. That's another actress I like a lot, is Rashida Jones. Good for you. But I like I, I don't know. That's the problem too sometimes when you when you bring people in like that. Keenan Thompson is a performer who can who can bring a lot to a character. He's almost sometimes like not a Steve Carell, but uh one of those ones that you bring in for a side character that you need to pump up a little bit more and it becomes too distracting at that point. Almost like a Jack Black in a way. Well, maybe a little less than a Jack Black, but it's like it almost becomes too much and that might might have been why you didn't like him as much i thought it was uh, maybe for the more of the main stuff like the uh rashida jones and cindy lou who and then i mean the big one, benedict cumberbatch i didn't like it in the trailers but after a while i kind of lost track that it was benedict cumberbatch playing the grinch and just saw the grinch i'll give you that but it's not memorable. It's not as memorable. Like, Jim Carrey's is weirdly memorable because he had different inflections. He's like Robin Williams. He only plays himself, but he he is so much larger than life that he brings that to the role. The genie is only Robin Williams, but because Robin Williams is such a crazy big personality, it's okay. So yeah, the problem with Benedict Cumberbatch is that if he was truly, if he was a British Sherlock in this, I might, he is a bigger not, than life character, but he's not, he's not energetic in that way. It was a weird choice to pick him to play a Grinch role. And not, and to have him be like high pitched or this yeah. like kind of almost nasally voice. Very weird. I See, I didn't mind it. I don't After mind it. It's just I don't it's think not it's not as memorable. Me- I will agree. It's not as memorable. Like, but what if Idris Elba voiced the Grinch? It, it would have to, had to have gone in a completely different direction for it to work. Because if he did it and it was in this like this style, it wouldn't have worked. No, yeah, I agree. because it couldn't. He couldn't have done a socially awkward Grinch. Mm. It would have had to have been a more traditional Grinch. Oh, then maybe that's what I was looking for. Oh, I mean, <laughs> this this may pave the way for a remaster of the original or a re reintroduction of the original where it's just the source material. No padding, no extra, just the source material. This is something that Netflix was made for, where you are allowed to have a 30-minute movie and no one's going to give you crap like, well, it's a feature-length film that we just sell tickets for. You can't just make it 30 minutes long. Well, and that's... That's what people are starting to learn. They're like, oh, we can do this? We can make... 
a Shira series that isn't made to sell toys? Huh. The other thing that I have to give this movie that I don't think you're going to agree with, and if you don't agree with, that's okay. I liked that they didn't immediately forgive him. No, I think that was the way to go. I agree that, you know, he did. Like, you you roll over that in the original yeah, one like, because then, he, because the Who's never really truly cared about the presence. And when he comes back, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I wrecked this all up. They're like, cool. Because <laughs> they already have Christmas. What do they care if the presents come back? Would you like to carve on dinner? You know, it's like, it's, yeah. they just kind of like. They try. In this one, they do try. They he walks away and everyone just looks at him and he goes into his cave and he's all alone and he gives Max a toy. He's like, Merry Christmas. They try that. But then St. Lou comes to the door and says, you're invited to dinner. You know, it's at six. Come on down. And no one should be alone. And then when he comes down, no one gives him a wrong look. No one. There are no he side have glances to make up for anywhere. It. Yeah. Now that I, I will agree. They made some choices in this movie that worked and then they just didn't fully commit the and end I, of this movie that's the movie i want to see if you're going to present me with a character who has social anxiety and a girl with her single mom trying to make it work the end of this movie is what i want to see i want to see this social outcast being invited to dinner and having to figure out how this whole christmas thing works and how to be a nice person and to be caring and generous and to have love in your heart like that's the movie because these characters are clearly made for that. It's it's the same problem I have with most remakes is that they either give shot-by-shot shot remake or they completely miss the original's message and intent. I will agree with that. Now, like with the Jim Carrey version, it feels so weird to have to say this. It's not the original. The Jim Carrey remake, they actually showed that, you know, they are like, the Grinch stole all of our stuff. Are we not going to do anything about this? And he's like, I'm the Grinch that stole Christmas. And I'm very sorry. And he's like, he even like puts his arms out. You're going to cuff me? And he's like, he's like, he's ready to go to jail to you know, repent for his crimes. But because and like, the Who's have also had a growth experience learning by him taking away, they learn something they could not have learned without his assistance. So when he comes back, like... Thank you. You know, thank you for coming back, but thank you more importantly for sharing this lesson with us. And again, it's about giving everyone an arc. The Who's don't have an arc in the original. They don't have they to don't have an need arc. To, it's they the don't Grinch's need story. Yeah, exactly. It's how the Grinch stole Christmas, not how the Grinch stole Christmas and how Cindy Lou Who learned how to be okay at math. You know, it's not... <laughs> All this padding, all this extra stuff isn't necessary. It's not necessarily a bad addition. It's just it's not necessary. Like, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it was fine. But there's... It's not the classic, though. I mean... No. It's it's really hard to... I don't like saying that. I don't like saying that the the first did it first best. I don't like saying that. If it truly did better... Like, there are remakes like I like the Peter Jackson King Kong remake over the original. Well, yeah, because the original didn't do much with the story. It gave us more compelling characters, and it uh, updated the tale for us. And whilst there's some things people don't like about it, I find it overall more satisfying to watch than the original. It does kind of jerk itself off. If you a don't, if you bit, don't but... have three hours to spare, don't watch it. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> so, with this version, 
the ben, uh, the Illumination Benedict Cumberbatch version. There are some fairly serious flaws, but I feel like they are no worse than the Jim Carrey flaws. But I feel like what it does better actually elevates it a little bit more so than the Jim Carrey one does. Because Jim, the Jim Carrey version has some great moments. And Anthony Hopkins is one of them. Jim Carrey is a big part of it. Him finally, like, he becomes that character. And him finally delivering the line, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. That line, he delivers it beautifully. And then he overacts Jim after Carrey, that, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey is a good actor when he wants to be. When he when he actually puts himself out there, he's a good actor. You see this change. You see it in the original. You see him listening and listening and then he literally is just sitting there puzzling, wondering. He did everything to steal this from them. How are they still okay? And then you see the light go brighter and his face softens and he thinks maybe it means a little bit more and again hour and a half and it still feels rushed by the time you finally get to this what the story actually is about and it's with this one they don't i have nothing against tyler the creator the the guy this the rapper who the one who created the music for this movie ti no no sorry no tyler the creator no tyler the creator not for Sorry. For the love of God. <laughs> Tyler, the creator, he made music for this movie. I like these fun songs. I, you know what I mean? One, it's fun. I mean, like, it, it's I samples. Mean, like, yeah, it's yeah. dated, but it's fun. Yeah. Well, and then it was really, they did, they did something really weird with the music this time. They did this new stuff, and then they played complete old classics, too. Like, uh, there's never been Police any Navidad and stuff like that. There's never been anything weirder than in Whoville them singing songs about the birth of Christ. I that don't was, understand it. That I don't. That get threw it. me off. Because <laughs> I not that I don't. I love those carols the best because I'm such a blue blood Catholic. But for me, it's like they live in a magical world on a snowflake. So 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 goes the Jim Carrey version. Christmas in the movies well, t- and how technically Christmas. that comes from Horton Hears a Who too. Yes, um, the idea of Christmas within the realm of Dr. Seuss, how the Grinch stole Christmas, is the trappings of Christmas and about goodwill towards men. But it is not about the birth of Christ. And if you're going to start singing that in the middle of your movie, you then have to say, so do Who's have a religion? Do they go to church? Is there Who Jesus? Oh my God, were there Who Crusades? Exactly. Do they go from different pollen flake to pollen flake? prophesying as they go what explain my god is there who pope (laughs) so anyways (laughs) i did not enjoy the remake i'm not saying it's bad i just didn't enjoy it but the biggest drawback for this one was the narration the the deviation in the narration not that they deviated at all I don't mind deviating or uh, embellishing or putting more into it. Don't mind that. I don't like that they really never came back to it. It's like they would kind of touch back to it for a second. Like they would breach for air for a second and go dive back down deep. And it's just like... You can tell like the music when it's not um, 
a modern update or something like that. The music is from the Chuck Jones version, and Dr. Seuss had a hand in that one. This was music. Forest, Dahu Doris. Yeah, See? but it was that one song. That's it. That's the that is the song. That's the song that says "Listen and Welcome Home." Yes. They do but a, it was music by. It wasn't like they brought that song. It was music by Danny Elfman. Yeah, because Danny Elfman somehow in every movie and it's completely unnoticeable anymore. Um, <laughs> the thing is that they at least had the advantage of Dr. Seuss being around to write them some lyrics and some songs that felt like they belonged in this world. When you start extrapolating new rhymes, like even in Jim Carrey's one, you're right, they go back to the original source material. Even when they go off in rhymes, they come back and they say, okay, we're back to the main storyline, now here we go. But in this one, it you're right, it never comes back. They just start making rhymes and things and it never goes back they to the original source material. Did I just rhyme that many times? <laughs> on purpose it's like they they knew what they were doing and they made jokes about it and it was okay again the jim carrey version has some serious serious flaws the random plot line where cindy lou whose mom is jealous of her neighbor who has the hots for the grinch why was that included Gosh, this really is eating us up because we have gone way past time and I still don't feel like I've said what I needed to say about this movie. There's something wrong, seriously wrong. What is going on? Well, what do you what do you what do you feel like you haven't said yet? I know that's what I'm saying. Like I I, I know I've said every note that I've written down. <laughs> I know I have shared with you all, and yet I don't feel my overall point has come across. This movie feels like a remake of a remake not a retelling of the original. It feels like I looked at the I looked at what they based all the things that they made instead of what they based that thing on. They looked at the Chuck Jones version and they looked at the Jim Carrey version and said, "I'm going to amalgamate this with my studio's brand and I'm going to make my own thing." They didn't go back to the source material. They played they played telephone. They played the greatest hits. Yeah, they they're like no well, no they played telephone. They played the greatest hits. Well, okay, I see what you're saying with the greatest hits. Sorry, no. He's got to learn his lesson. There's got to be the songs. There's got to be he's got to be eccentric and weird, not just a Grinch. He's we have to have Cindy Lou who have more uh Screen time. reason to be in the story and not just a random who that he meets. It's, in the original, she has no purpose. She doesn't change his mind about anything. She's literally a character that comes in for him to interact with and show how he lies and deceives her and then continues on his merry way. Yeah, like, in the original, that wasn't the last house that he went to, nor was it the first. It was just a random house that he was in. Mm-hmm. So... They played telephone. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, they played a game of telephone and, like, they're like, okay, so here's the Grinch, blah, 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 blah. Oh, so he's a socially awkward uh, or mean gay man with he's a dog. So sassy. And he he's green, and he hates the town of Whoville. And of he's Christmas. selfish, except when he's not. And he's mean, except when he's not. And, and it's like he doesn't care about uh, anyone except when like, he does. And the first, and the first person's kind of like, I mean, yeah, but there's something. No, oh, I got it. I got it. You're missing a couple. No, I got it. I got it. Like, there's some more. That's what. That's what it feels like here. I'm. I'm. I'm conveying to the audience my own version of telephone. Trying to, you have to see it for yourself. I. It looks nice, and it feels like Christmas when you see the town, but it's not the original. 
and I don't think this is going well, to be a don't, classic. I didn't want the original. I wanted something. They, I wanted them to do something different than the Jim Carrey version that was more akin to the original. And we got something that was different than the Jim Carrey version, but still. Imagine if, for an instance, and then we will stop talking because we've talked forever. Imagine, if you will, the Grinch is an outcast and he doesn't have access to the things that the people in Whoville have. So he creates these inventions to try and make his life easier. He invents this espresso maker and uh, an, an elevator system and that Whoville has none of that. Whoville is traditional. Whoville is not playing by any of those rules. It's nice and simple. And so when he does come into town, it's a jarring difference because he uses all these gadgets and gizmos to steal everything away. And, and who's when, its galore? And when he comes back, that's how he makes his their his her mom's life easier. Not in an after credit scene. He comes back and he actually helps improve the town. He brings a skill that only he has to this town and thereby he learns that he has worth and value within this society and they learn to accept him despite and in because of his differences and his different viewpoints and look at life in this one he just becomes assimilated back into the fold instead of bringing his own unique viewpoint on the world to these people honestly that's a great idea like why? why I mean, you can take out three or four. Now, granted, they're funny scenes, but take out three or four of the scenes of Cindy Lou Who explaining her plan for the third or fourth time. Again and again and again. Don't get me wrong; they're funny. These children, these child actors, do a decent or good job. But take out these scenes that really don't need to be in the movie, except for they explain her motivation. Which she's explained her motivation, and which explains shown, her motivation. Could have shown that with more interactions with her mom. She's always leaving her mom. She's always running away exactly. to go do something. Like, dude, you're missing the point. You want to help her. And you show at the very, very beginning, but then never again. And you're running off to go find Santa to do this. Like, if we had more between them two. Like, you could even show it, like, where there might be, like, a mall Santa or a guy who's dressed up as Santa who always does it. And, like, maybe she thinks that he has a connection, you know. Like, there, there's ways to introduce a character that isn't just explaining what she wants. Show, don't tell. There's other ways of doing this. Mm -hmm. And then you, you take out three or four of those scenes you take that screen time, that writing power that you have, and throw it into that. Because that's a great idea. Because, yeah, he has a lot to... Well, I mean, again... He could have. Yeah, but the, uh, that's the thing, too, is, is that's part of the problem, though. They modernize this too much. Like, you don't have to... Everyone has rocket sleds in this universe. Everyone has rocket sleds. You'd be silly not to have one. It's the most basic technology in the world. Why don't you? Yeah, they modernize this. Not to... Like, they don't have to be in the dark ages, but they, they, they have, like, a Starbucks-type place. They have a place where you unlock your front door and the entire storefront opens with one simple click. That's the illumination over designing thing right there, though. Yeah. That's that's, that's the, the Rube Goldberg machine. Everything is that Despicable Me type thing. Yeah, hell, even Lorax type thing. So that's if they had not put that in there, and you know, maybe if they had a few of those things, or if they had nicer sleds, or if they had a couple things, and then they then they did that, 
And he like that's how he made up for it and showed the character depth and like, like people like not actually- accepting him at first. They're like, I don't know. And then he showed him like maybe like a guy who had to do window washing and he shows, hey, if you use these shoes, you can cut your thing in half and like do all the windows. And what if the sled actually did fall off the cliff? What if it actually did fall off the cliff? He's like, what am I going to do? And in order to make it up to the town. He makes them things. Like, I'm sorry I lost your gift. Here, I made this for you. And he's like, it's probably stupid. You're probably not going to like it. He's like, is this like a is this like a rocket bike? This is really cool. How'd you make this? Like, what if he had to make it up to every single point? What if he used his inventions to redecorate the town and to remake everything Christmas again? You never see that. Even in the original, in the Chuck Jones, it shows him throwing everything back down and redecorating and putting the trees back up and... And you never see that. We just see him come back, say, sorry, and then peace. There's so many different ways. If you want to make it different from the original, there's so many ways we could play this angle. That's Even that's a great idea. <laughs> like No uh, ex machina reindeer, just he really did that lose shows, it. <laughs> that shows that, you know, even the Grinch, you know, can make a mistake, but can make up for it. That teaches up, that teaches children, it's like, hey, sometimes you can royally mess up. You can literally steal Christmas, throw it off of a cliff, regret your actions, and you go, you know what? I gotta make up for this. I got to make this right. And do what you can to do so. There have been times when I've really messed up and like, where the fuck do I go from here? You gotta find a way. Doesn't matter. You gotta find a way. And that would absolute. That would be like the best message. It's like, and he and he finds that by doing this stuff and by showing that he does care about people, that that's the meaning of Christmas because he's giving. Yep. God, that's a really good idea. Thank you. Because this message in this new version is, if you close your eyes, it's like all your sadnesses melt away. The message is about me. It's about me, me, I, I. It's like, what can I do to make myself feel better? It is, it's not sing this song with others and you feel this kinship and warmth between you all or Christmas means more than gifts. It's literally just close your eyes and you can feel better. And again, that's the problem, I think, of having your protagonist be a socially stunted recluse which is a cool story but i don't think works for the concept of describing what christmas really is about it could work but not in the way that they used it well i'm glad that i could provide so many different options for the inevitable next grinch movie in 10 years yeah copyright 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 tm 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 but i i honestly that alone would have made a better story because we want to challenge our the future generations. We want them to be better than us. And how better to do it by showing them, hey, things can go wrong, but how you make them better is by getting in there and doing the work. We want everyone to stop being fragile little snowflakes. That's how you do it. Like... Uh, it's it, it hurts that this I mean this story is such a good story and yeah it's hard to break away from the source material like that but that would be something where if you do it and you do it right like that it could make it so much better I have a feeling that theater, Theodore Geisel would be like aces you know like, he, he give me he give my idea a thumbs up I think he would <laughs> well that's high praise then 
it's it's hard to know and it's hard to be in on that without being obviously in Hollywood. <laughs> but I present you with that question, Liz. What's one good thing and one bad thing about each movie? And it can be short and sweet answers. All right, because it really should be at this point. The original. Good thing, it is a faithful adaptation of the source material. Bad thing, it was made with a shoestring budget. And I wish that there had been more money to put into it to fully realize some scenes. Jim Carrey version, good thing. I like the examination of the Grinch's backstory and how Cindy Lou Who is truly a, a, a defining and motivating influence in his life. Bad thing, uh, it doesn't look good at all and has a lot to do with the, the color palettes and the filmmaking techniques used. And... Number three, the third remake version. Um, Grinch the Third. Grinch the Third looks really beautiful, and it has some good ideas that I think would work for a updated retelling. But it has too many broken story threads, um, too many jokes just for jokes' sake. It's a quote-unquote kids movie, and it doesn't actively reflect the original intent of the original work. Uh, first one, you can't go wrong with Chuck Jones. He ma- he made some of the best Looney Tunes, in my opinion. And of course, Boris Karloff doing the narration was amazing. But the padding songs really kind of get um, grating at times. But I can only think of three songs in that short. Am I thinking of something else? I maybe think maybe are, I'm thinking of the Lorax. You are thinking of the Lorax. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, all I have is trim up the tree. And then the uh, Fahu Forest. Uh, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm thinking of the Lorax, the pacing. Then I'll say that the pacing gets a little stunted at times. Um, I know it's only thirty pages, and they kind of try to pad a little bit, but the pacing gets a little slow. The uh, second one, probably the best thing about it is Jim Carrey. Uh, I'm I'm probably a sucker for him, but he really dives head deep or head first into that role and uh he does get grading at times but when he he is funny especially in the scene where he goes down to uh terrorize the whoville he is on what doesn't work is some of the character uh motivations like the mayor of whoville and a lot of the jokes really fall flat like the kissing of the dog's butt and stuff like that. That's just unnecessary. Also, the random scary stuff. <laughs> the, 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 the Grinch. Not, not, not needed. So, finally, the last one, the most recent one. There were some amazing animation elements in this. There are like times like I feel like it just Did you like looking out. at the cloud formations in this movie? Sometimes I, the snow blowing off the mountains. It always was in curly cues and swirls. It was, well it had to have been. I know it's just pretty. Uh I felt like there's a few times I could just reach out and just stroke the Grinch's fur and just be so soft. It was very soft looking. Weird that he is all fur but then wears fur pants. Weird. I think that was a. a it was a psych gag, but it's, it's a psych it gag. raises it was, some puzzling questions. Well, don't puzzle till your puzzler is sore. And then I really did 
I I think Benedict Cumberbatch did better than I was expecting as the Grinch. He's not the best Grinch, uh, but he did better than I expected him to. And I did like the the direction with that. It's uh, for a modern uh, modern crowd that did work. What didn't work was the modernization because it's now dated it. It's fine for right now, but give it a few years and it's just going to be like, this is already out of date. And I don't like the, uh, I wasn't crazy, 100% crazy about the soundtrack. I didn't like the covers of the songs. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying I didn't like them. Funny, you kept saying, oh, those songs just dragged on in the original, but now it's like, I don't like the remakes of them. I just... We forget how ubiquitous your mean one Mr. Grinch is. Like, it's on everyone's playlist at Christmas. Yeah, it, it is. And it's, but it's that original one by, um, again, I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> You know what? You keep talking. I'm going to actually Rat- do some research. Something Ratcliffe or uh, it, it's like B. Ratcliffe or something like that. I mean, I had Thurl it. Ravenscroft. Thurl Ravenscroft. Had it on my uh, iTunes playlist for a long time. And then there again, this had some jokes that just were unnecessary, uh, like with the screaming goat. So I don't know why we feel. And I felt like this one was more so for the kids. Like, ah, screaming goat. Ah. So. Why we have to do that for the kids? Not necessary. So, give us your thoughts on it. Um, what did you think of the direction that they took? Uh, what is your favorite version of the Grinch? What is your favorite Dr. Seuss movie or story even? And uh, you know, maybe what is your favorite uh, Christmas movie? Or you know, so I've got a couple weeks left. Uh, got Aaron, maybe... have you been enjoying my choices thus far? Now that I'm in control of the podcast, so far it's been nice not have to be uh, to make the decisions, I guess. And aren't you glad I actually did get a Christmas movie in during Christmas time? Enjoy that while you can. It's not going to continue. <laughs> we only have one more episode before the end of the year, pretty much. Well, maybe one or two, but. Still, I mean, we we can do Scrooge or something. Oh, <laughs> Just talk about how insane Bill Murray was during that movie. Um, that would have been a good Grinch. Oh, Bill Murray? No, no, he tried Garfield. He's sarcastic. Uh, he he tried Garfield. And he had just, nothing to work with in Garfield. You can't put that on. They him. didn't give him anything yeah. to work with in Garfield. So. I guess until next time, whether it be Christmas or not. Enjoy your Audible trial. Yeah. And your Audible book. And your Brooklyn Grinch. (laughs) And your Thurl Ravenscroft. Yes. And your socially awkward Grinches. Until next time, she's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And And we're we're married married to to the the idea. idea.